I'm JT. And I'm George. This is Pod Feratu. Okay, welcome back to Pod Feratu. And today we are talking about Deadly um, Friend. Oh Deadly my friend. god, I love this movie. One of the few Wes Craven movies I actually enjoy. Uh, not only do I enjoy it, I really like this movie a lot. The irony is that it's definitely his l- most panned movie of his it entire is. career. 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. That low? It's bad. See, I love this movie. I, think I like movie it too. It's just fantastic. Um, yeah, same. What's funny is, you know, we've already talked at least twice about how much I can't stand Wes Craven movies. Um, but the reality is, I was looking at, at his filmography. The reality is... It's only Scream, the Scream movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and Last, Last House, House on, on the Left. Those are really the only the ones I the only ones I don't like. Hills Have Eyes, Deadly Blessing, Serpent in the Rainbow, People Under the Stairs, Shocker, and Swamp Thing. I love all those movies. Yeah. So it's really not Wes Craven. It's just those three specific yeah. things. Oh, so that's so okay. Well, look at that. We're growing here, aren't we? But at the top, at the top is Deadly Friend. I mean, come on. It's so glorious. It's so amazing. So <laughs> this movie was, um, ironically enough, it wasn't supposed to be a horror. It was based on a book by Diana Hensel, just called Friend. And it was supposed to be a dark sci-fi romance. I did not know that. So the year before, John Carpenter tried to break out of the horror box and do Starman. Right. And it was incredibly well received. Starman did great. So the studios started looking for movies that books that they could turn into they could make another their own Starman. Right. They Wes Craven was looking to do the same thing, kind of try to break out of the horror realm. Okay. Only problem is is he it was at the peak of the Nightmare on Elm Street craze. Right. So test audiences and the studio both were like when they saw the 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 test screening they hated it. They were like it's okay. too so the studio demanded that he just insert six more kills. <laughs> wow, six more, and that's how we ended up with the glorious basketball to the face oh. of Elvira scene. All right, Not yeah. Elvira, Mistress no, of the Dark. Yeah, I, we got to talk about the the basketball scene. Yeah, uh, this movie had a budget of eleven million. Okay. And a box office take of 8.9. So, uh, Christy Swanson. Yes. And this is before Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was 16 when she She filmed this movie. She was 16. A guy named, uh, uh, the main character's name is Paul. I don't remember the actor's name. Matthew Charles something. Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, something that sounded kind of French. He also uh, he also works under the name Matthew Charles as an animator. Oh, no kidding! I saw. Yeah, same guy. Same guy. And uh, and Anne Ramsey, <laughs> the Anne the, Ramsey. the Anne Ramsey from from Goonies from uh, from uh, what's the Billy Crystal Danny DeVito? Oh, throw Mama from, throw the, Mama train. from the train. She has played the same that. woman in everything I've yeah. ever seen her in. I know, right? Just mean as fuck. Rattlesnake lady. Yes. Every movie she's exactly. in. Exactly. Christy Swanson is Sam. Yeah. And uh and Matthew uh Matthew Charles, whatever his last name is, is uh Paul. And Paul's a teenage genius, and he's working at the university and they're doing brain research. 
Right. And he figures out how to... What does he figure out how to do? He he creates this robot named right. BB. So, speaking of BB, the robot in this movie cost $20,000 to really? build. Really? In 1986, 20 grand. Wow. In 1986. And it could actually lift 7,500 pounds. Wow. In real life. It was a legit actual robot. I think it's funny that his name was BB. Yeah. I wonder if that had anything to do with uh, basketball. Ooh, oh, Oh, that's not where you were going with it? Not where I was going oh. with that at all. I was what were you going to say? I was thinking of BB-8. Oh, if they named BB-8 after Yeah, the- or if the... <laughs> Maybe. Surely Lucas would have been familiar with with Craven. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, I... Oh, oh I didn't man, even make Basketball, that's even better. That's great. Yeah, basketball is important here. Um, we'll, we'll get to the basketball. We will kill. get to the basketball. So yeah, he makes the he makes the robot, and his uh, his professor is you know somewhat concerned about all of this, and uh, he makes it was funny because I actually did a blog post about this on Blog Ferratu, and he I, at one point I said he makes friends, and in parentheses I said. Well, he doesn't make friends, as in he doesn't manufacture them. <laughs> Although he does do that later. Yeah. <laughs> so so made- I think he, he realizes, he figures out that he can transplant the consciousness of the robot into a human and vice versa. Right. And this becomes problematic until he finds an incredible use for that knowledge. Yes. yes. The Sam, played by Christy Swanson, is... Essentially, the, the, the girl next a, door. The girl next door, and she's being physically abused by her alcoholic monster of a father. Um, during it, it gets really, really dark. There's a dream it sequence does. right at the beginning of the film that alludes to what's actually happening uh-huh. beyond the physical beatings, and it's right. really, really dark. One of these altercations with her dad end uh, end in her dying. Right, she doesn't make it. Uh, this is where the movie takes a hard, hard, hard left. Hard left. Holy shit. And I can tell this is where this where they started making changes. So Paul enlists the help of one of his buddies to break into the hospital. Yeah, this is great. So first they drug his mother, then steal the van, right. break into the hospital, which he has set up like... He has a cart that he's like yes. set up nearby to put all the stuff he's going to need right. into. So it's all premeditated to steal the body of to steal Sam's body, right? So that they can implant BB's hard drive or whatever the fuck right. into her to bring her right. back to life. Now, aren't her? I, I don't remember. Isn't there something about her being taken off life support? Or am I confusing this with another movie? Yeah, I, yeah, I believe they were going to take her off of life support, and that's why he has to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, she goes into a coma. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and to me, one of the best parts of the movie is the fact that there is nothing made of this missing body. No, there's no investigation. There's nobody wondering what happened to the girl in the coma who's now no longer in the hospital. Well, it wouldn't have been beneficial to the plot. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. It's just like. Yeah, you know, oh, she was here a minute ago. <laughs> oh, well, not only that, but like when they when the kids get to the hospital in the van, the buddy says to Paul, when'd you learn how to drive? He said, on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, what the hell? 
So they steal the body. They bring it home. And they do, in fact, reanimate. Yeah. Her. And some, and some, and some really, you know, in some really great sterile antiseptic conditions. Yeah. <laughs> AKA his bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I find hilarious, though, is like, so once she comes back, she's super robotic. You know right. what I mean? She's, she, she's, she doesn't speak now. Mm-hmm. Um, even though BB spoke. Right. Speaking of the way BB speaks. Okay. So why <laughs> does BB sound like a damn gremlin? He's a robot. Right. He sounds like a gremlin. He he, does. Gr- he grumbles and like growls and he does. snarls instead yeah. of like making robot sounds. I know. It's not the it's the Yeah. Like, what the know. hell? It's really weird. I don't know. You'd think you'd think somebody that was like into advanced robotics could have like a it's pretty a good two hundred thousand dollar robot. Yeah. They could have fixed it with a speaker had, and an offset yeah, mic. Should have had some sound system. Yeah, there. like I don't I don't know what was going on there. It was it was horrible. So maybe that's why she doesn't speak when she's that could be. What is she possessed by? I was the spirit also BB. I, I was also really upset when when BB got destroyed. Yeah, I was really yeah. sad about. That. I was like <laughs> I remember the first time I watched this movie. Now keep in mind. I was eight years old at the time. I really thought the movie was going to be more about BB and yeah. BB being like this badass. Because, you know, especially right. there's a little foreshadowing to that at the beginning when he defends Paul from the bully by grabbing him by the nuts with, yes. his, with the clamp. Right. Um, which leads to a, a certain point, right? I, I, I'm glad I brought that up. So when BB attacks the bully, he clamps him in between the nut, in between the legs. Right. And Paul says to him he has X amount of pistons in his arm right. or whatever and then he can crush him whenever right. he wants bb is intentionally not applying the right. pressure a little while later they're playing outside with the basketball and bb's gonna take a shot he accidentally launches the ball what on screen looks like clear across several neighborhoods yeah right when they cut away and it's actually just across the street yeah and it lands in Anne ramsey's, Anne ramsey's yard, yard aka elvira the right. main neighbor and she keeps the ball yeah. So either BB does know how to control his strength, or he, or he doesn't. doesn't. So did BB intentionally throw that basketball into her yard? Uh, I mean, that's a good question because when he gets transferred into Samantha, he she's got self control problems, right? So bad code, yeah. Like in the uh, like in the child child's play reboot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. I only know of that because I still haven't seen that movie. So I, I liked it. As the movie progresses, BB Sam becomes increasingly more violent. <laughs> BB Sam. <laughs> and she just starts killing off people one by one. Yeah. The most satisfying of which is when she gets revenge on her dad. Yeah. That was really great to see. BB through Sam gets revenge on the bully. But the absolute greatest kill in this movie. And I'm going to go ahead and say, in the top five greatest kills in, <laughs> of horror history yes. ever, she she ends up in Elvira's house. And there's the altercation. Elvira is standing against the wall. She's screaming. BB Sam picks up a basketball yep. and chucks it with such force <laughs> at Elvira's head that it explodes yes. like a damn watermelon. <laughs> Clean off. Clean. It is graphic. (laughs) It's all on screen. And you see all of it. If you slow this shot down, it still looks really, really legit. You know, sometimes when you slow down um, 
practical effects from older movies, you can you can see yeah. where it looks on it looks really really legit. Wow. But the reason for that is because they actually stuffed the fake head with actual cow brains. Wow. Yup. Wow. So. One of the top ten greatest kills of it's, all time yeah, is in one of the there. worst horror movies it, ever made, and it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, there's so little, there's so little blood, there's so little gore up to this point, and it just, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's pretty first fantastic. Time I saw it, I was just like, oh god damn! Now, I, I can promise you, that's one of the ones that got added in. It had to be one of the. Oh, it six. had to be. It had to be. And to my knowledge, it's the. Only it, it's one of two basketball kills that I've seen in horror movies. What's the other one? Fear no evil. Fear no evil. Fear no evil. It's a. It's actually not a basketball. It's a dodgeball. Oh. Uh, and and the kid who's the the son of Lucifer is getting made fun of and picked on, and he's watching the dodgeball game, and the coach is losing his shit, telling everybody to attack each other, and all of a sudden this kid just whips this dodgeball. And the, the, the devil kid, his eyes glow, and the ball hits somebody, smashes him up against the bleachers and kills him. Oh, Jesus. So it's like... Yikes. It's, so it's the only... It's it's like two, you know, the two the two greatest ball... Kills of ball all time. kills of all time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a good one. Deadly... The one in Deadly Friend is probably better than yeah, the one in I Fear think No so. Evil. Yeah, it's, I haven't seen Fear No Evils, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it's, by the. It's pretty. It's pretty anyway. bad. It's pretty bad. We'll yeah. we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. So, Sam continues on her rampage of killing people. Um, she gets more and more difficult to control, and Paul is having more and more difficulty hiding the fact that he kidnapped this girl and right. then brought her back to life with robotic body parts from right. his little android. Something I I read somewhere that. Uh, Christy Swanson actually worked with a mime. Oh yeah, as as part of this movie because huh. she's got some great. Um, in terms of her moving like a robot, she's she's not yeah. bad. She yeah. moves her hands. I like how she I, moves her hands like pinchers. And I thought that was the dumbest. See, like, I thought why was... why do why are her hands stuck like that? <laughs> she's she's out here doing the Vulcan salute for the whole damn movie. <laughs> like, what is that? It is so silly. And the fact that she like. When she charges that dude, oh, she, her arms yeah, are like extended true. stiffly in front of her. Like, <laughs> there's no reason why her mannerisms should have become so robotic. I guess that's true because she really isn't made out of robots. She's not parts. made of robots. She just true. has that controlling her brain. That's true. It's, it, it's silly. The only reason the robot moves jerky is because he's made of parts that would move that way. Yeah. Her body okay, is not. That's, that's it's, fair. She shouldn't move that that's way. That's fair. There's a scene towards the end when – I, I forget who Paul is arguing with in the front yard, but she jumps out of the second story yes. window. And she's stiff as a board. You could tell <laughs> that it was just like a very stiff, ro- like, dummy version of right. Christy Swanson. Right. And somebody just – she was like a surfboard just flying out the window. <laughs> yes. That's right. I forgot about that. Her eyes eventually start turning all black yep. around around the she bottom. She starts kind she, of she she I mean she really kind of starts to to in a way kind of decay. Yeah. The other thing that was that I really liked about the movie is um the fact that it's basically a retelling of Frankenstein. Oh, that that's that's a pretty cool I mean, observation. Steals, I didn't really think about steals, that, but you're right. He steals the body, gives her a gives her an electric, you know, gives her an electric brain. You know, kind of metaphorically yeah. brings her back with electricity. 
literally steals the body, just like yeah. Dr. Frankenstein was doing. It's got kind of a love story to it, like yeah. Frankenstein had. No, very, very it, much so. <laughs> I don't, maybe not a retelling, but it's definitely got. Um, oh, for sure. It's definitely got something that that's. Uh, there are definitely some parallels there, for the, sure. At the very least, it's an homage to Frankenstein. Yeah, and uh, and and it gets you know, the monster, uh, the creation goes out of control, right? And and basically wants wants revenge and wants. Uh, yeah, it's hurting. Yeah. Exactly. It's hurting. It's upset. It doesn't know what it is. It doesn't know why it is or what's going on with it. It has these faint memories of what it used to be. And it it gets really sad towards the end. Like, you know, so we get to the climax of the movie and the cops show up and there's this whole thing. And, you know, they they have to shoot her because she's tearing shit down. And she looks at Paul and she just says his name. Yes. Paul. She finally speaks. Yep. And it's this labored and pain-drenched Paul. It's just so sad. And you kind of get a glimpse of, in those in that moment, what the movie was supposed to be before the studio. Like, studio execs have no right telling people who how to make movies. It's the whole, I ain't never done what you do, but I'm going to tell you how to do what you do right. thing. That exactly. every boss thinks, yeah. that, you know, it's like, who are you? You've never Have you ever made a movie? No. Well, all right then. It's like listening to college administrators. <clears throat> yeah. I remember I had a boss when I was still working in the grocery business. I was um, cleaning a section of, of one of the, the racks in the department. And she comes by and she says, you know, it's taken you an awful long time to finish that. I said, oh, I'm really sorry. Uh, well, how long does it take you? She goes, oh, well, I've never done it. I said, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation because she knew better like fuck alone either put some gloves on and help me or shut the fuck up and get out of my way and that's yeah. how we need to start approaching these executives <laughs> there's a, they're the boss and sometimes directors find themselves forced to do things that they know aren't going to be good for the film or, <laughs> I feel bad for Wes Craven in this case because he didn't get to put out the movie that he wanted to make and we can we see hints of what it could have been yeah. And it probably could have been a really, really good sci-fi romance that it was it, supposed to it be. It could have been, and then I think I would have really hated it. Probably. I probably we probably wouldn't be discussing it in this on this podcast. Right. Well, yeah, that's they, true. They took that's a true. sci-fi romance and they turned it into a straight up horror film. And they, yeah, they, they basically made it a, a, a really they, graphic they, and crazy horror. They bloody they bloodied it up. <laughs> yeah, that dream sequence that she has at the beginning that was they, yeah. that was asked to be added in. So you, the, some of the darker elements don't even appear in. And, and, and again, all this could have been avoided if Anne Ramsey would have just given back their ball. If she would have just given <laughs> back the ball, everything would have been everything would fine. Have been fine. <laughs> but no, no, she had to be a jerk about it, and, <laughs> and that's and that's how that's how somebody takes your head off with a basketball. So but, sports are sports are fun. Sports ball is fun, kids. Sports ball is fun. <laughs> Yay, sports! But yeah, I, I I really love this film. It's got a horrible score. Um, it for some people it might fall into the so bad it's good category. For me, I just I just think it's good. I I, I just like it. I think it's right up there with uh, Night of the Demons. It is just fun to yeah. watch. Yeah. It's yeah. a fun, fun yeah. movie. A little deeper, I think, than Night of the Demons. You're going to get a little bit more substance out of the relationships between well, the characters the act- in this. The, actor, but the acting is marginally better. Too. Marginally better, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Christy Swanson, I feel like, 
for a 16 year old kid. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I think she, she did, did a great job. Yeah, I thought she did fine. It was good. Yeah, to uh, this day, she she defends this movie. Really? She says it's one of the most fun times she's ever had on screen. Oh, that's great. Um, I love hearing. Yeah, that she kind of she, stuff. she 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 sticks up for it. She loves it. That's awesome. Yeah, she's okay. like, you know, I, I really wish we could have made the film that we were intending to make, but right. I'm not I'm not upset with what we ended up. With. Okay. Whereas Craven doesn't quite feel that way. Really? Yeah. No, okay. he he doesn't. He 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 didn't. He wanted to make something else. He wanted yeah. to f- squeeze wanted his to way out of the genre and branch out, out yeah. and and the studio wouldn't let him, and that okay. sucks. And it's sad because he never got that opportunity as yeah. a director to have right. that film outside of his the genre that he got pigeonholed into. I would like to see I'd, if there's a director's cut out there. It's probably significantly shorter, right. but I wouldn't mind watching it. I, yeah, Even if it's I just would, like a thirty minute short. Yeah, I would. I would watch that. Release the Craven cut. Release the Craven. <laughs> <laughs> Release the Craven. So something I thought was really weird. So at the end of the movie, you know, they they, they shoot her. She ends up in the hospital again, and she's all beat up and whatnot, and yeah. all goes to visit her. And then you can see elements of the robot beneath her skin. Yeah. And there's no reason for that. No. He didn't do that. No, he didn't. He simply transplanted the consciousness of the robot into her body to reanimate her. Right. He didn't put robot parts in her. He didn't He didn't make an android or anything weird like that. So it made no sense no. that her underskeleton is now a robot. Yeah. It just, it just made absolutely no sense. And then credits roll. And then the credits roll, so it's almost like the uh, the sequel ending. Yeah, the upcoming sequel ending. Yeah, which there, which sadly there never was. Yeah, and the only person who had any kind of common sense in this movie was Paul's best friend. Yes, who after after they bring her back from the hospital, he makes it very clear we're even right. <laughs> and right. it's like there is no humor in his tone. Right, he is so like we're done. We're done. Right. Man gets on his bike and then we never see never him again. Never see him again. <laughs> He's like, look, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, son, this crazy motherfucker bringing bitches back from He me. said I ain't out. I ain't with it. I ain't with it. Uh, skulls. Skulls? Man, look, okay. Four, 4.3. We're going to give it a 4. Really? I love this movie. It is 4. so 3. good. Why 4.3 and not 4.5? Just because. <laughs> Just because. Because I can. Because I can. 4.3. Um, I'm. Just, uh, I feel like four point five is is. A I'm little... gonna. I'm. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna give it a three. Yeah. As a movie, it's not made very well. And no, of, it's not. And that's not entirely Wes Craven's fault. But it's just in terms of movie making, it's. I'd still give it a three. But in terms of of just being fun, I'd probably still give it. A, I'd give it a four too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it is fun. And it I think, is okay. A so four. Fun, Movie to and then a, a five skull basketball kill. Yeah, sometimes a movie's fun factor can outweigh. Oh, of course, its technical yeah. difficulties for me. Right. Sometimes it can't. As fun no. as a movie is, I just can't look past right. some of these technical technical yeah. mishaps. Right. This is one of those ones where technicalities aside, studio interference aside, lack of director vision aside. I have fun with this movie. Yeah, and I have fun with it every time I watch it. Right. So. It, it it's in my classics list. Yeah. Four point three, man. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's not bad. Uh, if you're if you're wondering what the scraping noise is, that is the uh, guest appearance from George's white bearded dragon igloo. She's our mascot. Say hi, igloo. Igloo <laughs> said hi. <laughs> and uh, that's it. So let us know what you think about Deadly Friend. 
Uh, I'm JT. Thanks for listening. And I'm George. Release the Craven Cut.